of my co-founders, um, he worked with someone that owed him for a year. And imagine this person came back and was like, I want you to do a new project, not saying anything about the previous project that he hasn't paid for. And then he was like, okay, um, I will do the project for you. So how did he get out of that situation? This guy came back and said, okay, I want to do this project with you. He was like, no problem. This is a, um, this is a project. Where is the first payment? He said, okay, for, for me to kickstart this, you have to send in this payment. But he was smart enough to make sure the payment was at the, at the same payment of the last job that wasn't paid for. Hey there, welcome to Growing Africa Podcast. I'm Daniel Osa Edwin, and on this show, I interview the founders, operators, and growth leaders of African startups to learn how they acquire their first 1,000 users and approach growth. For the full Growing Africa experience, visit danielose.com slash growing Africa. So, so we just go, you know, right into it, right? So can you like introduce yourself? Okay, um, thank you so much, Daniel. Um, of course, we've had so many conversations behind the scenes, and for me, it's a really a big pleasure. Uh, super excited and privileged to be here. Uh, my name is Imo, Imo DeAndre Anselm. I am the co-founder and CMO of Panda Screw. Uh, Panda Screw is a Nigerian-based um, payment startup that uh, leverages escrow to prevent payment fraud and purchase scam in um, B2B, um, uh, B2C, and also peer-to-peer transactions. And at the moment, we're currently focusing on five uh, fraud-prone industries in Nigeria, which would be um, real estate, e-commerce, social commerce, which houses your online vendors, and then real estate. uh, Okay, I've mentioned real estate. We also have the freelancing slash general contracting. And then the last one is the social good, which empowers NGOs and social entrepreneurs and charity organizations, basically. Nice. So that's the industry that we're focusing on solving fraud and scam problems for both the businesses and their customers. That's that's great. So uh, the next question would be talking about Panda Screw, but I think you kind of did a bit of that. But still, I'm interested in knowing like. How did you get the idea for Panda Scroll? I mean, Panda Scroll sounds really great, and for for this ecosystem, yeah, it's actually essential. You know, the low trust ecosystem that we have. So, yeah, how did you, how did you get the idea to to build Panda Scroll? So it's actually funny, right? Um, I mean, I am I am in a three co-founder team structure, so that means I have two other co-founders um, aside from myself. So we all have um, different stories that uh, that brought the idea or that like made us reach that common ground because we were already were sort of um, contacts and I would say co-freelancers uh, before Panda School, the solution was birthed. So for me, um, I started off as a freelancer, right? So, and I saw all of the mess and all of the problems I encountered as just someone who is trying to earn an honest living and having to encounter uh, fraudulent clients. So by that, I mean clients who either after a long discussion or whatever, they just ghost on you or yeah. most probably would be the client where you're done with the work, you're done with the task that you were assigned 
and then you would now have to be chasing them for your due payments. Yeah. It was almost almost like let's be on the real case of Oga, I finish this thing, or madam, I don't finish your work, or like just having to go through that mental back was just something that was very draining. Already the work we do is draining enough. And then having to go through that was more painful from a freelancer um, POV that I came from. I think a lot of freelancers in this ecosystem can actually relate to that. I guess, I guess where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, exactly. And then also, as a freelancer, also had like there's a lot um, some conversations you would get into or some um, clients that would be referred to you. So this this so this so let me backtrack a bit. The sad thing with being a freelancer in Nigeria is the fact that. Most of your jobs or most of your contracts come from from refer from referrals. So with referrals, there is that trust issue in a way a bit um, reduced. So I want to recommend you; they must have trusted your work. But then again, that is only you a job. You nobody tells you if this client that was recommended or you were recommended to is going to owe you have issues with pay. And so yes, you get new jobs because you are trusted, which already is a sad thing because your your tendency of getting new jobs is already reduced based on trust. And then you now get these jobs or contracts, but then you are not sure if the person is going to pay because there is this common notion of, oh, um, big men or big women, they try, to, they try to stress freelancers or just young people who are trying to make an honest living. They just are prone to owing. I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but then that was a recurring theme with uh, my, uh, my starting off as a freelancer. And so out of that frustration of having to almost really beg people for your due payments, having to um, follow up endlessly and all of that, it was just sad. I had um, one of my co-founders, um, he worked with someone that owed him for a year. And imagine this person came back and was like, I want you to do a new project, not saying anything about the previous project that he hasn't paid for. And then he was like, okay, um, I will do the project for you. And you, 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 you try to understand, is this a case of forgetfulness or this is just an outright, like, they don't, um, they like don't regard what you do. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, it is, um, let's be, I think for, for a moment, I can have a, a vulnerable conversation with you. So how did you get out of that situation? This guy came back and said, okay, I want to do this project with you. He was like, no problem. This, this, is, a, this is a project. Where is the first payment? He said, okay, for, for me to kickstart this, you have to send in this payment. But he was smart enough to make sure the payment was at the, at the same payment of the last job that wasn't paid for. So when the guy sent in the money, he was like, well, you have paid me for the last job. Can you pay me for, for this new job? And the man was like, I just paid you for a new project. Da, 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 da. He was like, well, you owed me for a year. This is a new project. You have just successfully made a payment for an old project. Well, you job, yeah. Then let's talk new things. And you know, but yeah, he, he might have been smart enough to get back that money. But then again, what if this client never came back? There's so many what ifs. What if this client never came back? What if um what if the money he needed um what if what he needed to use this money for during that time was an emergency and it involved either medical conditions, maybe academics or whatever? Like you really can't tell. So you getting the money after a year, after six months, yes, you've gotten the money, but what you needed it for, has it really been accomplished? Because there is two sides of money. There is yeah. getting the money, there's also using it in time for what you needed for. So all of those frustrations and all of those sad experiences, there's so many stories 
that were bought from our customers. There was a time we launched a poll for people to share their scam stories. And anyway, the kind of stories we got were very heartbreaking. So I have those stories as well. Um, I have that from my freelancer POV. And again, another story I have was I worked, I also was privileged to work in real estate. And I worked for, I rose to the, to be from, from the, the social media manager of the company. I rose to the rank of the head of marketing and sales. And I could really see first, firsthand that some, some, of the, some of the businesses we lost were because people did not trust us enough, especially Nigerians in diaspora or Nigerians who were not in that location with us. The business was in the South-South. And so most people that you're trying to maybe market to who are not in the South-South or who don't have anyone in the South-South, you lose out on them because there's only that low trust, like, like we said, in the ecosystem. And so we lost a, a lot of new business and returning clients because that trust was a factor. So being in that ecosystem of real estate and also freelancing really opened my eyes to the fact that um, a solution is needed to solve this so that legitimate businesses don't keep losing out on either current money or future money. So yeah, that's what informed some of my, my experiences and, and also my story. The story you just uh, you just told is like very relatable. And- yeah. I haven't been a freelancer myself for some time. I totally understand this. Yeah. I totally relate yeah. to it. And I'm, I'm, you know, really, really impressed that you could take that and make something out of it and develop a product yeah. that is really, really beneficial to, to a lot of people in the ecosystem today. So kudos to you and the team for that. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. So I was asking, um, I think the next question would be, when did you officially launch Panda Scroll and how many users do you currently have? So we launched Panda Scroll, um, we launched our private beta in May 2021 and we exited our private beta about the same time in 2022. So we officially launched um, in May 2022. But before that, we have been in private beta for about nine months, just um, iterating on the solution and having a close user group of, of um, first um, 100 users to just test out the solution, get that feedback. Because as a tech software, as a, as a tech solution, you really need to really not like try to perfect the solution, but you really need those um, genuine feedback from your first-time customers so that you are able to correct what is not working. Because sometimes you can just finish a platform or finish a, a project, and then you don't know that, maybe the, the transaction part is not functioning or you don't know that the design looks out of place because from your eyes, you feel that that's already good. And another um, benefit of doing a private beta is that you sometimes as developers, we, we have this, um, we have this uh, thing about us where we build with how we think this should be used. But then you yeah. go into the market and the, and the market humbles you. So we, I, I really loved the fact that we were in private beta because that really showed us that, okay, you might have put this button here, but customers would love to see this button here because it makes their use of that button or it makes their understanding of that portion of the app more simpler or accessing it easier. So, yeah, that was what um, I still, to, to this day, will always say that our private beta users were a blessing because they were really a mix of very honest business owners and vendors and even um, freelancers and also individuals themselves who are either customers of these, um, these vendors or who are people who transact online. So, or just people who need um, a trusted medium like Panda Scroll to 
to do their business or to do their personal transactions. So a mix of all of that really gave us the foundation of honest customer feedback. And we I, we did well to iterate that. And of course, we exit the private beta in May 2022. And so we have been in the markets from, from May 2022. Uh, we were able to also, one of, one of the things that, really, that we really paid attention to that, that helped us attain quick growth was the was our customers' request for a mobile app because yes, the desktop app and the web app it looks good and everything, but for for portability and easy accessibility, mm. they clamored for a mobile app, and that's what we invested most part of 2022 into doing, and we successfully developed a mobile app that um, we put live on 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 the um, on the Play Stores in in November 2022, and we really saw a spike in our transactions in December. So yeah. Yeah, amazing. So, so currently, like, how many users do you have in total using your solution now? Okay, so r- right now we are hitting close to um thousand five hundred um users. That's remarkable. Yeah. So, how did you get, you know, your very first user? I know you mentioned something about a private beta. Um, yes, the private beta did not start with hundred people right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how did you get like the very first person who was not yourself or your co-founders to actually use Pandas Chrome? Mm. So you know that 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 was my I would say headache, and of course I still the fact that I am the CMO that is still my headache, which is bringing in more not just users but active users. Yeah. Paying customers in, into Pandas Cruise. So I will just go down to like the finite details so that anyone who is also um, a CMO themselves or someone who is in marketing can also learn. So I just, in a way, introspected. So that um, I just asked myself, who are the people that would need this solution? Who do I have in my network? Who do I have in my contacts? Who have I spoken to that has, in a way, shared their frustration of, okay, these are the challenges I'm having in my business? Because as a freelancer, one of um, the advantages I had was consulting for businesses and business owners. So yeah. in one or two or three conversations, I've heard people complain about, oh, they lost this client because of this. Oh, they can't service this client because trust is an issue. So I really like took my pen and paper and really wrote down most of the people I have conversed with and people in my network, either fellow freelancers or business owners or individuals who just... Um, who would need a tool like this? And then I reached out to them to say, oh, I am building this. Or let's just say, based off of our last conversation, I know you complained about this, or I know this was an issue in your business, or I know this was an issue in your freelancing journey. I'm doing this. Would you love to test out a solution that I have created? Or would you love to test out a solution that I have created with my team? And for the ones that said yes, I, I added them to the uh, private beta, sent them the links to sign up, the private links to sign up, and then... They joined and we stopped. We capped it at hundred. Um, at hundred. So it wasn't hundred at the blue. It started off as with trickles of five, ten, twenty-five, thirty. And another thing that helped was that these people who use a solution and when they saw that it worked, even with the with the bugs that came with it, of course everything starts from from zero. So it wasn't perfect. So, but one thing is that they saw that there was there was legitimacy, there was focus in this, and also there was intent to solve a real problem. And then that's how we got the, the users. So it was either through direct peer-to-peer connections or also through these people in our private beta also um, referring, they said, there are people that they know that might have, by, that, might, that might benefit or see value in this solution. 
So that's what helped with these numbers to reach 100. I mean, that's great. That's, that's really nice. Tapping into your personal network and then also leveraging referrals. So it, um, was it the same strategies that took you from 100 to 1,000 or you had to like try some other things as well? Okay, so um, that's a great question, actually. Okay, so how were we able to grow from the first 100 to um, 200, 300, 400, 500 was we, after the private beta, we did something that I would call an official launch, although it was virtual, but we did an official launch of the platform Pandas Pro, and we sent out invites to a um, couple of communities that we belonged to, either startup communities, developer communities, or even going as down um, as low as uh, the some of the online um, sales communities that I was part of. Um, so these are maybe like your Facebook groups where people sell stuff online and all of that. So yeah. really reaching out to this community because at the end of the day, you know that these are the people that would have need of your solution. So we really did um, some some social promotions and also some some community marketing and community outreach to invite people to our our official launch. So it was out of this event attendees that were able to convert some of them into actual subscribers and also into paying customers. So after the first private beta of hundred users, that 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 was the next thing that was that grew us into the first two hundred, the first three hundred. And yeah, and that's grown us to where we are now. But currently, the strategy that we are exploring that has given us more numbers in the shortest possible time has been partnerships and um, collaboration. Nice, nice. I think there's a whole lesson in there for like founders and and um, marketers. So, I mean, thank you for giving us that scoop, right? Now I'm curious. Yeah, very happy. To- <laughs> <laughs> so now, now I'm curious to know. Um, I, I think you, I think you kind of answered this, you know, in uh, earlier on. But I'm curious okay. to know how did you identify your ideal customer profile during the early stages? Um, the, the early stages, like you know, I'm very honest. The early stages was messy, and like I'm honest enough to say, they, <laughs> yeah, going to the market. Going to the market humbled us because, of course, we are developers. You know this thing about developers. We just build. Sometimes we, we build with market research, but no matter how far you go into market research, there is never enough. Like, just the reality of launching will give you more. A lot more insights. A lot. Thank you. A lot more insight, a lot more info beyond just ideation. So, we ideated, did all of the um, permutations, the predictions, and all of that, but then really actually going to the market and then someone is doing a transaction as a freelancer or doing a transaction as a vendor or as an individual who wants to buy from a vendor on Instagram, and then getting all of those challenges, seeing all of the problems I'm encountering, or saying, Oh, I would have loved to see X and Y at this point of my transaction. I would have loved to see that, oh, I can flag this transaction, I can keep back the money, I can do X and Y. It really helped us. So going to markets um, was 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 messy. There were a lot of customer feedback, but again, that's what I think. In, in my honest opinion, what every business needs, you are a, you are a good business to the tune of the feedbacks you you get, which is why you're seeing businesses and startups right now investing a lot into their customer success teams, 
customer yeah. support teams and all of those because if you do not satisfy your customer, they would jump ship to another company or brand who can do the same thing that you do. So most times that people exit um, as customers, it's not because um, the other people are offering lower pricing or lower fees. It's just because they have been patient enough. And Nigerians are really patient people, to be honest. Nigerians are really patient. Nigerians have this notion of supporting the underdog. So if they support you for long and then you're not really offering value in with their support, it only takes a short time for them to jump ship because everyone is trying to get something that makes their life easier or makes their business easier. So yeah, a lot of those mistakes were made and we learned from them. So there is no growth without learning. That's solid. So it's not just about I think I think my my key takeaway from what you just said now is like it's not just about like strategies and uh plans and all of that stuff. It's more about in the moment learning from mistakes and like seeing exactly. what's playing out in front of you and just paying attention to it. Yeah, just start, just execute. No matter how beautiful your strategy looks on Google Documents or on PDF, just execute, just start. Mm. Because once you execute, you would know, okay. And you know, with marketing, um, there is this notion of A-B testing. So let's say you test out something and then you, or you start a strategy and then X and Y is not working. It will even inform you if you should continue this thing for a month, two months, three months. And so A-B testing really helps out with um, saving funds because you know that, okay, this thing is not working, but this is what is working in this thing. Yeah. And then you take that learning and apply in the second one. It really helps fasten your pace and reduce all of the time wasted on, on strategy implementation. So the most important thing is just start, just do, just yeah. send out that copy, just post, just do it. You will take the learnings and, and be better. And be better. Everything starts from zero, baby steps all the way. Awesome. That makes sense. That makes so much sense. So tell me, um, you know, what strategies, like, you? I mean, you mentioned some strategies that you tried and they worked great for you. Uh, but what strategies did you try in the early stages to get users that failed? Yeah, their strategy. <laughs> <laughs> That's very easy. That um, so that so that would be your social media campaigns. Okay. That would be your social media campaigns, Facebook and everything. It did it did it did give the high click rate and also like brand awareness, but it didn't really convert into signups and paying users. And so that forced me into understanding that you are trying to build trust. You're trying to solve a problem of trust. Are you even trustworthy? Mm. You guys. So you now took a step back into, okay, for us to be able to say we can hold your funds, we can be the trusted middleman, we have to show ourselves as trustworthy. And so what I did in 2021 and some parts of 2022, which I'm still doing, is to invest in our PR. So invest in our, our public relations and to invest in all of the things that would show that, okay, because you're saying you are escrow, but for you to be escrow, you have to be trusted because it, it, you have to look at it. Who, who are escrow before us? Who are the traditional escrow companies? They are lawyers. They are um, legal institutions. They are banks. Most people don't know that banks offer escrow. But what we do is the problem of trying to reduce that barrier of penetration because with banks, you have to go through so many long processes, fill so many forms. And if you're not really a high net worth individual, you can't really access escrow in banks. And another thing is the fact that the escrow that banks offer does not really tailor to 
the everyday Nigerian or the average Nigerian um, user or who needs to use escrow for either peer-to-peer transactions, um, buying door online, or wanting to receive escrow payments from their businesses, from their customers, rather. So we really had to, to, to look at that. So what we did was to try to invest um, in our PR. We did some publications, which is still on our, website, on our website right now. We had some publications on Yahoo Finance, on TechCrunch, and also on some other legitimate sources of of, 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 of legitimate media, I would say, and also some media media appearance, and that really helped um, us increase our trust quotient. I'm just getting to learn that banks actually do escrow, but I'm guessing from what you said, I'm guessing it's like high tickets, corporation size transaction, right? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's it's more tailored to corporations and high net worth individuals mm-hmm. beyond like the average. Um, Average person. <clears throat> uh, makes sense. Makes sense. So yeah. social media marketing did not work. Noted. <laughs> so <laughs> would you say at the moments that you've achieved, you know, product market fits? And if mm. yes, how did you know that you have achieved PMF? I would say we are still learning. Um, happily, would say we are still learning because even uh, Microsoft are still learning till this date. Uh, the big tech companies. The reason why they are still in business or they are still innovating is the fact that they are learning. And of course, if you don't learn or if, if, if you're not innovative, another solution is going to kick you out of the market. So product market fit is, I would say, is more of a, a, a rainbow for startups. And this is what founders need to, this is the truth founders need to accept or even people in marketing need to accept the fact that you cannot achieve 100% product market fit. You can only be uh, you can only try to serve your customers in the present moment. If anything changes or they want a different thing, that's where your developer, your tech team comes in to try to build uh, something different to serve that particular need. And mm-hmm. so product market fit is always changing because customer needs are always changing. And because the world is always changing, product market fit will always be a almost like a fleeting shadow. Awesome. Yeah. So um how do you for a product like yours i think the 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 real value shows up in you know lifetime value of the customers so how do you approach user retention currently okay so um that is where i would say another of our strategy came in which was you know even though escrow is a great way to avoid getting scammed or defrauded online most people don't know about it and so another thing that we really did um, in the early or in the later stages was to invest a lot into content, into content marketing, and that would be product education. So we really invested a lot into educating people about the benefits of escrow, what escrow even is, um, how escrow works, and how escrow can help businesses scale and also prevent um, businesses from getting scammed or defrauded in, in online or offline transactions. So um, we invested a lot into content marketing. And of course, beyond outbound content marketing, we also do a lot of inbound content marketing, which is keeping communications alive with our, our users, either through our emails, our newsletters, our, um, our online and virtual sessions, where we try to um, have um, ask AMA, ask me anything sessions with users and also investing a lot into our customer success slash customer support team. Because like I said, um, it, costs, it, it costs a lot more 
to gain a new customer than it does to retain a customer. So even gotcha. before going to sell for the next 1,000 users or, or 5,000 users, how are you serving your small 100 users, your small 50 users, your mm. small 30 users? So we invest a lot into customer feedbacks, asking regularly our customers how, they, um, how they're using the platform, what challenges they're having, and we also try to be prompt with our with solving tickets and also solving um, customer issues. And also we do a lot of uh, in-app promotion, so that means we give discounts and try to just service our customers in the right way so yeah that's what we've been doing and again i would say freely to any customer any founder rather who is listening listen more to your customers than you listen more to yourself because your customers know what you what they want the platform whatever you're building is for a group of people not for you so yeah listen more to your customers and and they will be the guiding light to, to where your your or how far you want your company to grow Customer feedback is very important. Thank you so much for that. So how do you stand out from your competition? Um, I would say it's pretty much easy, very easy. Uh, we, have, um, we have a unique escrow solution. Um, we, have a, we, we have a unique branding identity. We understand what the current problems of, um, of people are with um, secure online transactions. Have carefully studied that, and we have um, been innovative enough to put that into our solution. So I would summarize by saying, our platform is um, secure, easy to use, and also um, affordable. Because um, escrow traditionally is not so easy to use, and it's a concept that is not so easily understood. So we stand out with the fact that we we invest a lot into our product education. We regularly make sure that our customers are abreast with all of what is happening in our platform or what is happening with their accounts. And also we try to invest a lot or we have invested a lot into the UI UX of our platform. So that means um, things that might seem too too technical, we have really broken down that barrier of understanding to make sure that everyone can easily use it. And what we try to say is, and what we try to do and communicate is the fact that we have made escrow as easy as sending an SMS. So in two, three steps, you can process an escrow transaction and then get paid or send payment. So it's as easy as sending an, an, an SMS. I think just the ease of um, running transactions on Pandascore is a very huge defining factor because I've tried to do escrow some time ago, not recently, but some time past, I tried to do escrow online and it was a very clunky process. So if you're able to actually make it as easy as you said, that I, I think that is even very, very solid on its own. So again, kudos to you guys, yeah? Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, so this, this is my favorite question to ask uh, guests on the show. Um, so what has building Panda Scroll taught you about the African markets? Hmm. <laughs> um, uh, one of my co-founders like likes to say this. He says, "Ide shake." <laughs> he like, so, um, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. So the African market is very, um, is very unpredictable, and it's currently uh, shifting, always uh, changing, especially with Nigeria. So understanding that uh, you're building 
And then there is always, um, there is sometimes that uh, government policies or even um, compliance, just factors outside of your control can change the nature of your offering. And so a building for the African market comes with that um, spontaneous part and also unpredictability. So you have to, as a company or as a solution, be building with flexibility in mind such that whatever happens, you are able to adapt because that is what is going to show your resilience. You can't just fold your arms and say, oh, this policy has come out, and so I cannot um, uh, I cannot exist as a company anymore. You have to really build with flexibility in mind. You can't just say, this is my only winning product or this is my only winning feature. You have to have plan A. You have to have plan B, C, D for your plan A. So you have to even, someone said you have to even have plan B for your plan B. So, yeah, you have to really have that flexibility about you because you need that resilience to adapt and thrive in the African market, especially in Nigeria. Mm. So what is the one thing that you know now that you wish someone had told you before you started building Pandascrow? Oh, very easy. Very easy. Um, would have been focusing more on partnerships and focusing more on investing in our, in our trust quotients. So that would have been investing more in our PR instead of chasing customers. Because when you are trusted, people will come to you. And so one of the basic psychologies of, of just marketing or business is that people buy from um, who, who they know, who they like, and who they trust. So that's the KLT, that's the KLT factor. So what I would have done in the, at the very beginning was would have been to really run with the KLT factor. And in Nigeria, in Africa, what really helps improve your KLT factor is partnership. Because let's say you're partnering with um, company A that has been in business for over 20, 30 years. Just mm-hmm. that affiliation that you have with them, people's trust of that of that company would naturally shift to you. Even mm-hmm. though not 100%, but 20% is a win. 10% is a win. 5% is a win. Because that 5%, you're investing in maybe online ads or whatever, it's not certain that you will get that 5% trust. So just leveraging or standing on other people's shoulders really, really does help um, shorten your journey. So yeah, partnerships, strategic partnerships, mutual collaborations, yeah, it, it really does help. We, I wish we, we had known that earlier. Wow. It's even more important than, than even the technology because when you have that, people are going to give you that benefit of that of, oh, they are trusted by X and Y people. So yeah. their technology would, would catch up in the much later, uh, much later stages. But if you spend all your time perfecting your solution without really having a partner or partners that can speak up for you, then you're, you're always going like, to hit a wall because you are already trying to, um, trying to get trusted or trying to uh, break even with your yeah. own sweat and effort. Yeah. So yeah, so that, so that would be it. Um, that's, that's solid advice right there. Even to yes, even to to people who are listening to like the so um how would you describe the team as Panda Scroll? I know you said you're three co-founders. Is it just the three of you or are there other people on the team as well? And what's the culture like? What's the vibe like? Uh the vibe is very um <laughs> I would say very Nigerian. Uh by Nigerian I mean um, street street Nigerian. So that we all of the source, all of the um, spontaneous 
factors that come with being a Nigerian or just like doing business in the Nigerian streets. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of collaboration. There is sometimes a lot of back and forth, but of course that helps because there's a lot of crazy people on the team. So you, of course you need that back and forth to be able to move forward. And yeah, so at the moment we are a team of about 10, um, including uh, the, uh, my three co-founders. So, uh, and so it's okay, we're, we're, we're a team of 12 and with, with, with my three co-founders. And so, yeah, the, the culture is, is very humane. It's people-centered. So we are heavy on on the on the mental health of our people. We are heavy on their health. We are heavy on on just their personal well-being because we understand. And you know, that's what I think for me the beautiful part of building some of building a solution from my perspective of freelancer. So I know that as a freelancer, I needed a lot of understanding from my clients. A lot of um, I would say a lot of leeway. And also, but that leeway doesn't mean compromise. It doesn't mean um, accepting or anything goes. But it just had to do with the fact that the, the individual matters. The human yeah. being matters. Rest is important. Yeah. Rest is important. Breaks are important. And that's a culture we try to bring in because, in a way, I would like to say we don't suffer. So we don't want people <laughs> to suffer as well. So we try to do the things that we, had, we wish would have been done to us in our beginning stages of building or being employees ourselves. So we try to bring that, that culture and try to be better and do better. Nice. We try nice. to do that. And we, and we listen a lot to our employees. We listen, we try to listen a lot to them. That's nice. That's actually nice. Maybe I'll come, I'll come get a job at Panda Screw or something. <laughs> <laughs> we need all, all, all the talents we, we can get. I mean, we need all the talents to solve the problem in Africa, yeah. I'll be in your DM. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious though, like the name Panda Scroll, like so how, how did you come about Panda Scroll? How did that name come up? Um, so it's simple. So um, we have the mother company, Circle Panda, Panda um, LLC. And then this is, um, this is um, an escrow solution. And so we just uh, took the, and we wanted a name that would communicate um, security, authenticity, and just be in a way, connectivity, community, and just that kind of friendliness. So we didn't want to make anything too technical on all of that. We just joined the Panda from the Circle Panda um, company, and then using escrow to add to that. And of course, if you study the animal Panda, pandas are very friendly. They are community-centric. And they love to they love to rest a lot and they love to eat. So we just <laughs> try to keep all of those brand identities and join together to create. And of course, people, people love pandas because they are fluffy. They are kind of hoggy and just friendly animals. So uh, we just joined that try to communicate that brand identity and brand essence. So yeah, panda scroll is born from panda and then escrow. Cool, cool. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. So um. Yeah, I mean, we were joking about uh, hire, uh, I mean, coming to your DM for a job right now. But then again, on a serious note now, what does Panda Scroll like, need at the moment? Are you hiring? Are you raising? Are you expanding? Do you, are you liaising? What do you need at the moment in case there's someone who is listening and can actually, like, you know, ring you up or something? Yeah, thank you so, so much for that question. And I think I would just jump into marketing mode right now and say <laughs> that our, our website is www.pandascrow. 
dot io so that's p-a-n-d-a-s-c-r-o-w dot io pandashko dot io on all all devices and also we are available on mobile app and on we're available on mobile on play store and apple store so you can just search pandashko and and install and finish your sign up process but for what you asked about what we need currently we are really really heavy on strategic partnerships so for any startup founder who is listening and you need a tool to process your payments, a secure tool to process your payments, we are very much happy to plug you into our API and our infrastructure so that you can start accepting payments. So beyond just, just the regular um, existing payment tools that we have in the market, you can also ask, accept escrow-based payments. And of course, I'm choosing to accept payments with escrow or even make payments with escrow shows you as an authentic business shows you as a trustworthy business and also as a credible business because not every business would want to accept, accept payments with escrow. But choosing to accept payments with escrow shows you as a legitimate business who puts your customers first. And for me, that is what every forward-thinking business should do, is to put your customers first more than you even put your own revenue first. And the beautiful thing is that when you put your customer first, the revenue will come falling in. Because that would, when you put your customer first, that means they will use you more than one time. And repeated use of any platform or any business means more revenue and more profit, which is what every business owner or any startup founder wants. So, um, really, right now, we need strategic partners, strategic collaborations. We need uh, people. Uh, and of course, yeah, of course, we are also in the midst of fundraising. Um, so, yeah, so we are currently fundraising our pre seed. So, we really appreciate any intros, any um, connections, or any uh, any pitch or any communities that we can come in and pitch our solutions to, or anyone that can give us a soft intro, or anyone who would give us an opportunity to pitch our solution to. So, at the moment, we are currently fundraising our pre seed. So, yeah, that would, that would be the top two things we need strategic partnerships, and also um, we're currently fundraising as well. Not really focusing on fun, on expanding the team right now, trying to really solve um, and really give value to the customers that we have now and also the partners that we have. And then from there, of course, if, there's, uh, if, if we need to expand the team, we are very much open to doing that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. So uh, I wish you good luck on all of these. And um, I hope, you know, so- someone who is listening will, I mean, will be like a solution to some of this um things that you're going after okay so thank you so yes. much thank you so much and at, at this this we've had a very very amazing conversation thank you so yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of growing africa i hope you were able to learn a few things from our chat check the description of the episode for some of the important information we covered during the session and make sure to subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're listening on on the next episode i'll be here with amazing people from another startup doing amazing stuff in africa till then Please share this episode with your friends, family, and colleagues. And if you would like to get on the show or introduce me to someone who should be on the show, please send an email to hi at danielloset.com. And don't forget, for the full Growing Africa experience, visit danielloset.com slash growingafrica. Till the next episode, keep building and keep growing.